You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From Welcome and thank you for tuning in to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. My name is Joe, and this is our episode for February 2021. Of course, February is the month of Valentine's Day, which means love is in the air. And I was curious if any members of the podcast crew had any particular favorite love stories or even love poems. And here's what they had to say, starting with another one of our Adult Services and Acquisitions librarians, Jessica. Hello, L-Town Library listeners. Romance is my genre of choice. I devour meet-cute stories and heart-wrenching tales like I devour no other genre. My favorite love stories are those written by Colleen Hoover. Colleen Hoover writes romance novels that contain characters in their 20s. She crafts her characters and storylines in a way that is so real and hard for me to describe. I like to think of myself as someone who is level-headed and one who is not easily swayed by emotions, but Colleen Hoover's books have actually made me cry, alone, while reading. One thing that I really admire about Colleen Hoover is that she started as a self-published author. In fact, she was one of the first self-published authors to make it to the New York Times bestsellers list. And now, even though she has a publisher, she still self-publishes novels here and there the latest of which was Heartbones, and which I binge-read in one sitting. My favorite Colleen Hoover love story is It Ends With Us. When Lily meets Ryle, she falls in love with him. It's an all-encompassing and passionate love that many of us only dream about finding in their life. But things aren't always as they seem, and when Lily starts to notice red flags, she ignores them like many of us do. But all the little red flags slowly add up to one giant red flag, and soon Lily realizes that Ryle isn't good for her. What I love about this story is how Hoover crafts her characters in such a real way that, like Lily, the reader isn't sure what they would do if placed in her situation. I think that often when we read, we have an idea of how we would want to respond or how we would want the characters to respond. But in this novel, even though I knew what Lily should do, I really couldn't blame her either way. I think that's what makes this story such a heart-wrenching and real romance. Thank you, Jessica. And up next, here's the head of the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Katie. Hi, everyone. My pick for this month is the poem, We Too, How Long We Were Fooled by Walt Whitman. We Too, How Long We Were Fooled, Now Transmuted, we swiftly escape as nature escapes. We are nature. Long have we been absent, but now we return. We become plants, trunks, foliage, roots bark. We are bedded in the ground. We are rocks. We are oaks. We grow in the openings side by side. 
We browse. We are two among the wild herds, spontaneous as any. We are two fishes swimming in the sea together. We are what locust blossoms are. We drop scent around lane mornings and evenings. We are also the coarse smut of beasts, vegetables, minerals. We are two predatory hawks. We soar above and look down. We are two resplendent suns. We it is who balance ourselves, orbic and stellar. We are as two comets. We prowl, fanged and four-footed in the woods. We spring on prey. We are two clouds, forenoons and afternoons driving overhead. We are seas mingling. We are two of those cheerful waves rolling over each other and interwetting each other. We are what the atmosphere is, transparent, receptive, pervious, impervious. We are snow, rain, cold, darkness. We are each product and influence of the globe. We have circled and circled till we have arrived home again, we too. We have voided all but freedom and all but our own joy. Yeah, thank you, Katie. That was a very beautiful poem. I also chose a poem this month. Uh, it's a very special to me for a number of reasons. It was the first poem I ever memorized, at least the first poem I memorized that wasn't a nursery rhyme or song lyrics. I heard it in my 10th grade English class when we all had to present a report on a famous American poet. And a good friend of mine did her report on Emily Dickinson, uh, whose name I recognized as being an important and historical poet, but whose work I'd never read or heard before. And so my friend got up in front of the class and told us all about Emily Dickinson's life and work. And along the way, she recited and analyzed a few of her poems. And one of the poems was called, If You Were Coming in the Fall. And to this day, I still have a very vivid memory of my friend reading it. Um, now, maybe part of the reason why I remember it so well is because, in all honesty, I kind of had a crush on this friend. And it is a very romantic poem. But like I said, my friend did read a few other poems, uh, some of which were also fairly romantic. But none of those other poems stuck in my mind in the same way as if you were coming in the fall. There's so much more that resonated with me. It, it's got this fantastically surreal imagery, sometimes gorgeous and sometimes rather macabre. It has a hypnotic musicality, as many Emily Dickinson poems do. But most importantly, it expresses a kind of love that, while I had never quite experienced as a 10th grader, um, I immediately knew that I wanted to experience that kind of love someday, and which I can say today that I have been blessed to experience. Um, it's a love that is so profound and invincible that you feel like time could never diminish it, and yet you can never completely shake the fear of the unknown. And this poem put Emily Dickinson on my personal Mount Rushmore of favorite poets, and nearly 25 years later, its place in my heart has only grown more secure. And it goes like this. If you were coming in the fall, I'd brush the summer by with half a smile and half a spurn, as housewives do a fly. If I could see you in a year, I'd wind the months in balls and put them each in separate drawers 
until their time befalls. If only centuries delayed, I'd count them on my hands, subtracting till my fingers dropped into Van Diemen's land. If certain when this life was out that yours and mine should be, I'd toss it yonder like a rind and taste eternity. But now all ignorant of the length of time's uncertain wing, it goads me like the goblin bee that will not state its sting. Again, that was If You Were Coming in the Fall by Emily Dickinson. And of course, if you want more poems by Emily Dickinson, we have all the Emily Dickinson poems available to check out here at the Livingston Library in print or digitally or in audio form. We got them in our stacks. We got them in our digital collections on Hoobla and Overdrive. And of course, we also have plenty of poems by Walt Whitman and books by Colleen Hoover available in all those formats on all those platforms as well. All right, well, February also means we have a lot of great programs scheduled on our calendar here at the Livingston Library, and here to tell us about some of those is Archana. Hello, listeners. I'm librarian Archana, and I'm very happy to share with you highlights of the variety of adult virtual programs we have scheduled for February. On the evening of February 1st at 7 p.m., in honor of Black History Month, the library is presenting an illustrated virtual art talk by art lecturer Suzanne Altman on some well-known African-American artists. African-Americans have made their mark on the art world since colonial times, though their contributions have often been overlooked. Their works often comment on the history of people of color and other marginalized groups in American society. This slide lecture spotlights many of the most important painters, sculptors, and photographers, including several who are still active. Altman will highlight works such as Jacob Lawrence's Great Migration series, Faith Ringo's colorful quilts, and Kara Walker's powerful silhouettes depicting brutal scenes of slavery. Next, we will be celebrating President's Day in February and our program on the evening of February 8th, entitled The President is Dead, has to do with just that. Now, the Presidents of the United States have been written about by many historians, but our speaker, Louis Picon, will focus on the unique perspective of their deaths and public remembrances, right from George Washington's modest funeral at Mount Vernon in 1799 to the massive multi-day state funeral event of George W. Bush in 2018. Louis will discuss how he developed his interest in the topic and will share stories from his book, The President is Dead, the extraordinary stories of presidential deaths, final days, burials and beyond, such as the tragic death of James Garfield in Long Branch, New Jersey, the 20-day funeral pageant after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, and a bizarre story about the missing brain of John F. Kennedy. February is also Valentine's Month, where we celebrate the importance of relationships. Being part of a couple can provide great comfort, fulfillment and meaning in your life. But relationships need to be nurtured or they can go very wrong. In the virtual program on the evening of February 17th, Maintaining Healthy Relationships, Advice for Couples, licensed psychologist Dr. Leslie Becker Phelps will clarify the necessary elements for a strong, healthy relationship and will focus on nurturing compassionate self-awareness. She will provide guidance on how to develop five essential domains of self-awareness, such as sensations, thoughts, emotions, actions, and mentalizing. 
She will also offer you tools to strengthen your connection with your partner, improve your ability to ask for change, and work through conflicts. Now, I love watching action movies, especially those which have well-executed action or stunt scenes. And I'm really excited about next program on February 22nd, which has to do with this thrilling topic. Stuntmen risk their lives for above-average salaries. They hurl themselves off cliffs, leaping onto charging horses, enduring punches and dynamite blasts. Until recently, the, the names of most movie stuntsmen and occasional women were unknown to moviegoers. While a rare few actors did their own stunts, Buster Keaton and Jackie Chan, most were doubled by stuntsmen in everything from westerns and costume epics to thrillers and comedies. Join film historian and author Max Alvarez for this 75-minute thrill ride with unforgettable selections from over 75 years of film entertainment. Max Alvarez has been delivering talks on cinema history for over two decades. He's a former entertainment journalist and a Washington, D.C. Museum film curator. And his latest book, The Cinephile's Guide to the Great Age of Cinema, highlights nine essential 20th century moving directors, movie directors and their films. Please sign up for these wonderful programs via library calendar and hope to see you in the Zoom chat room where we can enjoy these programs together. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Archana. We have some more great programs to tell you about later in the show, but first, to talk about some of the most eagerly awaited books coming our way in February is once again the head of our Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, Katie. Hi, everyone. Can you believe that it's February already and that we're a whole month into 2021? Well, we are, so let's grab some chocolates and get into this month's upcoming releases. As always, you can reserve these online at www.livingstonlibrary.org or via Overdrive or Libby. The first book on the list is How the One-Armed Sister Sweeps Her House by Cherie Jones, a fiction, coming out on February 2nd. In the tradition of Zadie Smith and Marlon James, this debut novel set in Barbados from a brilliant Caribbean writer depicts four people, each desperate to escape their legacy of violence in a so-called paradise. Also February 2nd, nonfiction by Mark Bittman, Animal, Vegetable, Junk, A History of Food, From Sustainable to Suicidal. From hunting and gathering to GMOs and ultra-processed foods, this expansive tour of human history rewrites the story of our species and points the way to a better future. A huge release coming out on February 2nd as well is The Four Winds by Kristen Hanna, which is fiction. And it is an epic novel of love and heroism and hope set against the backdrop of one of America's most defining eras, the Great Depression. Resetting the Table, Straight Talk About the Food We Grow and Eat by Robert Paulberg is nonfiction on February 2nd. It's a bold science-based corrective to the groundswell of misinformation about food and how it's produced, examining in detail local and organic food, food companies, nutrition labeling, ethical treatment of animals, environmental impact, and every other aspect from farm to table. February 9th, we have The Burning Girls by C.J. Tudor, a thriller. An unconventional vicar moves to a remote corner of the English countryside, only to discover a community haunted by death and disappearances, both past and present, and intent on keeping its dark secrets. In this explosive, unsettling thriller. 
We have Unfinished, a memoir by Priyanka Chopra Jonas on February 9th, which is, as I said, a memoir. A Remarkable Life Story Rooted in Two Different Worlds. Unfinished offers insights into Priyanka Chopra Jonas's childhood in India, her formative teenage years in the United States, and her return to India, where against all odds, as a newcomer to the pageant world, she won the national and international beauty competitions that launched her global acting career. The Power Couple by Alex Berenson is a thriller on February 9th, and it's from the New York Times number one best-selling author and Edgar Award-winning author Alex Berenson, and it's a supercharged thriller about marriage and the dangerous secrets spouses keep. A Court of Silver Flames by Sarah Moss is a fantasy book out on February 16th, and it's the fourth book in the Court of Thorns and Roses series. February 16th brings us Vibrate Higher by Talib Kweli, a biography. Before he became a world-renowned hip-hop artist, he was a Brooklyn kid who liked to cut class, spit rhymes, and wander the streets of Greenwich Village with a motley crew of artists, rappers, and DJs who found hip-hop more inspiring than their textbooks. Much to the chagrin of the educator parents who had given their son an Afrocentric name, in hope of securing for him a more traditional sense of pride and purpose. And lastly, we have Queens of the Crusades, England's Medieval Queens, Book Two by Alison Weir, a biography out on February 23rd. Packed with incredible true stories and legendary medieval intrigue, this epic narrative history chronicles the first five queens from the powerful royal family that ruled England and France for over 300 years. I hope you enjoy these titles. You get to check some of them out. And as always, let us know what you're reading, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, Katie. By the way, dear listener, would you by any chance want to tell our audience about a book that you're excited to read or a book that you recently enjoyed reading or a book you recently hated reading? Would you want to talk about a library program you're looking forward to or a memorable experience that you've had at the library or just about anything library-related that you'd want to share with our community? Well, if you're interested in being part of the L-Town Radio crew, well, there's a chance that you could be. Email us at LivySocial, that's L-I-V-I-S-O-C-I-A-L, at gmail.com. And please be so kind as to tell us your name, your age, a brief description of your submission, and of course, don't forget to attach the submission itself, recorded as a WAVE MP3 or M4A audio file. We don't really have a time limit, but ideally your submission should be a couple of minutes long, not too long. Please note, we may not be able to respond to every submission we receive, but if we do choose to use your submission in one of our episodes, we will definitely be in touch with you before it's released. Submissions may also be edited for time and content if necessary, and please keep in mind we can't consider any submissions that involve self-promotion, solicitations, or other forms of advertisement. Well, with that out of the way, let's get back to the programming for February, and let's hear from Jessica again. Hey, L-Town Radio listeners. It's Adult Services and Acquisitions Librarian Jessica here. I just wanted to drop by and invite you to our next Bookish Vibes Book Club meeting on Tuesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. Bookish Vibes is all about vibing with a great read and discussing your bookish thoughts with other readers. 
At this meeting, we will be discussing books by best-selling author Beth Harbson, who will also be joining our Zoom discussion. Copies of her latest novel, The Cookbook Club, are currently available for you to check out from the Patron Services desk. The Cookbook Club follows the storylines of three women. Margot, who was recently dumped by her husband. Honestly, she's better off. Aja, who is hiding in pregnancy from her uppity boyfriend and his rich mother. And Trista, who left her job as a lawyer to open a bar. Their lives intersect and a friendship develops between them during a cookbook, a cookbook club. It's a story that is oh so delectable. But if you don't have the time to start a new novel right now, come ready to discuss any novel you have read by Harbson. We can't wait to get bookish with you. Registration is required and you can do so on the library's website www.livingstonlibrary.org. The Zoom information will be emailed to you the day before the program. See you then. Bye. Thank you so much, Jessica. Uh, well, with that in mind, I also have a book club that I want to talk about. Now, if you didn't already know, I am the host of our monthly virtual book club, Unstuck in Time, where we discuss classic speculative fiction. Uh, for our meeting on Tuesday evening, February 23rd, our topic will be Philip K. Dick's 1962 novel, The Man in the High Castle. Philip K. Dick is, of course, one of the titans of 20th century science fiction. He's written some of the most mind-blowing and influential novels in this genre or any genre, including Ubik, The Three Stigmata of Palmer Eldritch, and Flow My Tears, The Policeman Said. And even if you've never read one of his books, or even if you don't even know his name, there's a good chance you've watched an adaptation of something he's written. His work has been the basis for films like Rid Ridley Scott's Blade Runner, Paul Verhoeven's Total Recall, Steven Spielberg's Minority Report, and Richard Linklater's A Scanner Darkly. Technically, the Matrix films are not based on any Philip K. Dick stories, but they practically are. His work, uh, most of which was first published between the late 1950s and early 1980s, typically deals with the often discombobulating, even unsettling ways that technology infiltrates nearly every aspect of his characters' lives and causes them to question the nature of their reality. In 2021, that kind of stuff seems like just another Wednesday, but Philip K. Dick started cranking it all out over half a century ago. The Washington Post once wrote that Philip K. Dick handled, quote, material too nutty to accept, too admonitory to forget, too haunting to abandon. And according to the New York Times, Philip K. Dick's best books always describe a future that is both entirely recognizable and utterly unimaginable. As for The Man in the High Castle, which was recently adapted into a TV series on Amazon Prime. This novel takes place in America in 1962, but this America actually lost World War II. So the eastern part of the country is occupied by Germany and the west by Japan. It is a dark, dystopian world indeed, and with everything that's going on in our own reality, I understand that may sound a bit heavy for some readers at this moment in time, but I can assure you that this book, like much of Dick's greatest work, has profound warmth and humanity and humor and even hope in its heart, which radiates through his highly relatable, every-person characters. 
Plus, when Philip K. Dick was in the zone, his prose was sharp and lucid and propulsive in ways that most other writers could only hope to be. Allow me to share an excerpt. A psychotic world we live in. The madmen are in power. How long have we known this? Faced this? And how many of us do know it? Perhaps if you know you are insane, then you are not insane. Or you are becoming sane, finally, waking up. I suppose only a few are aware of this. Isolated persons here and there. But the broad masses, what do they think? All these hundreds of thousands in the city here, do they imagine that they live in a sane world? Or do they guess, glimpse the truth? But, he thought, what does it mean, insane? A legal definition. What do I mean? I feel it, I see it, but what is it? He thought, it is something they do, something they are. It is their unconsciousness, their lack of knowledge about others, their not being aware of what they do to others, the destruction they have caused and are causing. No, he thought, that isn't it. I don't know, I sense it, I intuit it. But they are purposely cruel. Is that it? No. God, he thought. I can't find it, make it clear. Do they ignore parts of reality? Yes, but it is more. It is their plans. The conquering of the planets, something frenzied and demented, as was their conquering of Africa and before that, Europe and Asia. Their view, it is cosmic. The abstract is real, the actual is invisible to them. It is their sense of space and time. They see through the here, the now, into the vast black deep beyond the unchanging. And that is fatal to life. Because eventually there will be no life. The cosmic process is hurrying on, crushing life back into the granite and methane. The wheel turns for all life. It is all temporary. And they, these madmen, respond to the granite, the dust, the longing of the inanimate. And, he thought, I know why. They want to be the agents, not the victims of history. They identify with God's power and believe they are godlike. That is their basic madness. They are overcome by some archetype. Their egos have expanded psychotically so that they cannot tell where they begin and the Godhead leaves off. It is not hubris, not pride. It is inflation of the ego to its ultimate confusion between him who worships and that which is worshipped. Man has not eaten God. God has eaten man. The date again for that meeting is Tuesday, February 23rd, starting at 7 p.m. on Stuck in Time. Again, there's a virtual book club that meets on Zoom, so if you want to get that Zoom link and join us, make sure you register. And to do that, go to our homepage, livingstonlibrary.org, click on the events calendar, find Unstuck in Time, in the February 23rd box. Uh, print copies of The Man in the High Castle are available to check out from our circulation desk, and you can also borrow ebook editions from Overdrive, Libby, and HooplaDigital.com. Well, that's about all the time we have for this episode. Thank you, dear listener, for tuning in, and I hope you'll tune in again next time. We're actually going to take a month off from the podcast. Um, in early February, my wife and I will be welcoming our first child into the world. So I'm going to be a bit distracted with that. But the show will be back on the last Thursday in March. 
when I will likely be somewhat sleep-deprived and perhaps talking a lot less about writers like Emily Dickinson and Philip K. Dick and more about the likes of Mother Goose and Dr. Seuss, I guess. As always, you can listen and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget, you can follow us all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, not to mention our daily blog, which is at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And of course, we hope you'll come visit us in person since we are very much open. We do contactless pickup Mondays and Thursdays. And our browse and borrow days are Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturday, Sunday. Our website, livingstonlibrary.org, has all our hours, social distancing policies, and other relevant info, including a link to our event calendar where you can check out and register for all our upcoming programs. Until next time, be safe, be kind, always be curious, and keep on spreading joy to everyone who loves you. <laughs>